Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. There are very few fintech companies run by black women. In fact, the majority of fintech companies are run by white men because let's face it, that's who gets the majority of VC funding. Despite the fact that black women are starting new businesses at a rate faster than anyone else, when it comes to venture capital, black women still get less than 1% of funding. Enter Tanya Van Corp. The former Nickelodeon executive is a founder who's tipping these stats in the right direction. To date, the entrepreneur has raised over $2 million in funding for her kid-friendly money app, Goalsetter. She's disrupting the $127 billion fintech industry with her mission to make financial learning fun and accessible and to help families become financially healthy and empower them to achieve their goals. In this episode of Work Party, I'm sitting down with Tanya to learn more about how she's making financial literacy more accessible, taking on the fintech giants, and giving back to the community while she's at it. So let's get right into it. So welcome, Tanya, to the show. I'm just going to open it up with this question. You lost over a million dollars in stock and options over the course of just a few minutes when the bubble burst in the year 2000. So Let's talk about this crazy experience you went through. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this moment in 2020, but tell us about that light bulb moment for your business and what inspired you to start Goal Setter. Oh my gosh, you're giving me flashbacks and palpitations, <laughs> <Sorry>. even, <laughs> even mentioning it. So I was in my late twenties, I was working at a startup company in Silicon Valley and the startup company was very successful and they gave me a bunch of stock and stock options and I thought they were fantastic. And every month when I kind of looked at them, it looked like they were going up in value. 
no one in my family had ever owned stock or options before. I had to like ask people what a stock option was. And all of this in spite of the fact that I had graduated from Stanford with two degrees in industrial engineering. And so somewhere in there, you might've thought that I had learned something about money. Somewhere in there, you might've thought I had learned something about personal finance. I didn't. And it was just not a subject that my family talked about or my friends talked about. So, you know, the the stock seems to be doing great and I'm excited that it's doing great. It's worth about a million dollars at one juncture. And then the big technology bubble burst in 2001. And literally, I remember everyone kind of, you know, the, the hum around the office and everyone talking about the stock falling, the stock falling. And I went and I went online on my computer and I looked and the stock price had dropped so precipitously that I think, you know, in a matter of hours, I went from having a million dollars to down to like maybe 10,000. It was that dramatic and that quick. And I was like, my gosh, I, I must be living in a fantasy world somewhere. This doesn't really happen, does it? But I knew so little about the stock market that I just, you know, it was all a surprise to me. It was all like a foreign language to me. And in that moment, I said, wow, that was really stupid, Tanya but you can't reverse the hands of time and all you can do is move forward. And so you have to make sure that nothing like this ever happens to your kids. And that was the promise I made. Absolutely. And to your point, I think it's so true. I think, you know, no matter where you go to school or what degree you have, there's no finance, personal finance 101 that you get. And the stock market can be such an elusive thing, especially for women, you know, getting into that, understanding it, seeing your wealth drop like that. I'm sure, you know, it was again, a million dollar lesson you'll never forget. So one of the central ideas behind goal setters saving account feature is that it allows parents to replace gift giving with goal giving. Can you talk us through what goal setter is? Talk us through this concept and why it's so crucial for young people to start managing money early on. Absolutely. So goal setter is literally the first money app every kid in America should have. You know, we used to say um, as a country, right, 50 years ago, what's your kid's first bank account? And so for all intents and purposes, goal setter is your first bank account, but it's so much more than that. Goal Setter is a savings platform that lets your kid learn to save for goals, big or small, short-term or long-term, whatever they want to save for, we let your kid learn how to save. We are a financial education platform. We attach fun financial literacy quizzes to your kid's app. And so every week they get a new quiz that's based on memes and GIFs that they would typically see in Snapchat or TikTok or Instagram or YouTube. Those same memes and GIFs we use to explain key financial literacy concepts. So when Beyonce says, can you pay my bills? Can you pay my telephone bills? We use that to explain that Beyonce wouldn't need anyone to pay her bills if she just saved for an emergency fund of at least three to six months of her expenses. And then third, Goal Setter is a smart spending platform. And so we have a debit card attached to our platform for teens and for tweens that they can use to, you know, have financial freedom and make their own purchases. But our debit card is unique in the market in that it has our financial literacy quizzes attached to it. So on Sunday morning, your kid's debit card, if you want it to, will freeze if they haven't taken their financial literacy quiz for the week yet. So, you know, we offer all of those core components, saving, financial education, and smart spending, but we do it in a way that's compelling for the whole family. So you mentioned goal cards instead of gift cards. Saving with goal setter becomes something that the whole family can do together. Grandma, auntie, cousins, friends, neighbors can all gift real money towards real dreams 
by giving your kid a goal card. So a goal card is just like a digital gift card, but they can upload a photo, a video, or a GIF. So, you know, auntie can upload all of those. She can upload her own message and say, I'm going to give this kid $50, $25 towards his college fund and $25 towards his Xbox fund, or just, I'm going to give him $50 and he can decide how he wants to save it or how he wants to spend it. But it really is a platform that takes your whole family cashless and does it in a way that emphasizes good money values values of saving, values of spending responsibly and values of financial education. So how young do you start on this app? Like what would be the age where you would recommend kids start on this app? You know, it's so funny because, because, you know, I happen to have at home a 15 year old, a 10 year old and a four year old. So when I started this company, everyone said, well, what age kids is goal setter for? And all I could think about was I am the mom and the general manager of my entire family. I don't want one financial app for one of my kids and one debit card, team debit card for another kid and a savings app or, you know, for my younger kid. I want one app that works for all of my kids and that will grow with them as they grow. So we literally have babies on Goal Setter and babies who are, you know, hey, I'm a mom, it's my third kid. My kid doesn't need any more stuff. So I'm gonna start them off on Goal Setter with their first savings account that the whole family can contribute to. Five-year-olds on Goal Setter, they start Goal Setter and they can use our allowance feature. They can start taking our financial education quizzes and friends and family members can still gift them goal cards on birthdays and holidays so they can learn to save towards things they really want instead of getting a bunch of stuff they don't on that birthday. And then when a kid is eight and nine and 12 and 13, they can add a debit card. We have a really cool debit card called the Cashola card. And the Cashola card lets kids have that Um, ability to spend money, but also lets the entire family send them money directly like Venmo or Cash App, but in a much more fun way. So it is for every age kid in your family and literally is the only platform that takes the entire family cashless. Your business is more than the goods you sell or the services you provide. It's the heart of the economy. That's why I'm teaming up with MasterCard to support entrepreneurs by sharing my tips and advice to help their local business. Like knowing when to save versus when to spend, which is one of small business owners' greatest dilemmas in my opinion. Though there isn't a one-size-fits-all solution to this issue, being scrappy is key. Take office space, for example. Rent is a massive cost to take on in year one. Instead, explore shared workspace options or get creative and convert your garage into a makeshift office. If you go the shared workspace route, many of your operational needs will be included and taken care of for you. These are things like Wi-Fi, printing, meeting rooms, and often complimentary beverages and snacks. Hey! Another important topic to cover in the save versus spend debate is paying your employees. Never skimp on paying your team fairly. Commit to this principle upfront and it'll increase your chances of employee satisfaction and reduce turnover. On the topic of employees, don't feel pressured to strictly hire full-time employees right off the bat. By hiring freelancers, you allow yourself more flexibility and you save on those overhead costs. My last piece of advice is to invest money into hiring someone to handle your finances. Whether it's an advisor or a CPA, it pays to hire financial professionals. Trust me. For more tools and resources, go to mastercard.us slash local biz. Together, let's start something priceless. 
new friends. I'm Jackie Schimmel, philanthropist, motivational speaker, glowing wife, animal rights activist, and a shoulder to cry on. Not really. I'm a crazy bitch, but a hoot and a half. If you haven't listened to my podcast, The Bitch Bible, brace yourself, pour yourself a stiff drink, and get ready to laugh your ass off or cry. Make sure you subscribe yourself to The Bitch Bible Podcast right now. You're going to effing love it. Wow. So before you launched Goal Setter, you were an executive of Nickelodeon. So how did that experience prepare you for your role now as an entrepreneur? What skills and learnings did you carry over into this new venture? You know, I think it's so funny because we never know what skills we are garnering today and where those skills are going to take us tomorrow. When I was at Nickelodeon, I had no idea that I would ever be leading and launching Goal Setter. But at Nickelodeon, one of the things that I learned was how do you engage and excite kids and at the same time educate them? And I think that's what makes us so unique in this financial technology space for kids. So many people who launch debit cards for kids or bank accounts for kids, they come from the banking space, right? And so they know how to do bank accounts and that's awesome. I come from the kids fun and education and engagement space. And so we have an awesome bank account and an awesome set of features. But what makes us super special is that We've built so much engagement around that for kids and families that we actually make saving fun. We make learning financial education fun. We make all of those things, you know, significantly more fun than a standard bank account. And that's what it makes Goal Setter so compelling. I love it. I feel like we need this for adults as well. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> so there's very, very few fintech companies run by black women. In fact, the majority of fintech companies are run by white men because let's face it, that's who gets the VC funding. So how are you making a difference and pushing your industry forward? When people talk about the fact that black lives matter, you know, that is a statement that really has to go deeper than just, you know, we believe that Black people deserve um, the ability to, to live, the ability to walk the streets and feel safe, right? That is the basic humanity of that statement. But there are so many other components of humanity that the Black community um, has been fighting for. And one of those components of humanity is you know, we deserve for our corporations to be able to be funded. We deserve for products that we think of to be brought to market that can impact all communities. Goal Setter is a product that is fantastic for African-American kids. But look, the truth of the matter is it's great for all kids. And if the VC communities don't fund women entrepreneurs, if they don't fund black entrepreneurs, they're missing out on perspectives that are fresh and different and new. They would be missing out on products like Goal Setter that say, we don't just want another debit card in our kids' hands that teaches them how to spend money. We want a card that is attached to these fun game-based financial quizzes that teaches our kids how to be prepared for financial health, how to learn financial language, how to understand key financial concepts that will allow them to be financially free when they get older. And I will tell you as a parent, that's one thing that I know for sure. Every mom I talk to, every dad I talk to, they want the same thing for their kids. They, whether their kids are black or white or you know, 15 or five or 15 months, they want their kids to be successful and financially healthy and happy. And it's what we all want for our kids. And that's why, you know, Goal Setter is 
carved a path that enables all kids to get there, not just to understand how to spend money more. So you were recently on Shark Tank, which I love, and you turned down Kevin O'Leary, aka Mr. Wonderful's investment offer. So why did you say no? And how did you come to that decision? And what does an investor need to bring to the table other than money and why? It's not an easy decision to come to when you're you know, standing there surrounded by eight sets of cameras and lights, camera action. I mean, you know, you, you feel under incredible pressure to make the right decision. But I think that one of the things that makes me a good CEO is that, um, number one, I understand my value and the value of my company, even sometimes when other people don't. And so, you know, when there have been other people who have said, Hmm, we don't necessarily get where you're going. You know, when we started this company, it has become super clear now that where we were going was absolutely the place where the market wanted to go, where moms wanted to go, where kids wanted to go. And so had I given up when people initially said, Hmm, I don't necessarily think there's a there there, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today. And I think that's the same kind of philosophy I took in the shark tank, right? Like several of the sharks, they, they just probably didn't, you know, invest because this wasn't their space to invest in. I mean, they, they don't typically do fintech companies. Kevin O'Leary, you know, he, I felt lowballed me because, um, he thought that he could bring value to the table that I couldn't bring on my own. And, you know, what I tried to explain to him and to the world on Shark Tank that day is, you know, our supporters include everyone from Carla Harris, who's the vice chair at Morgan Stanley, and, you know, one of our board members, other incredible leaders and thinkers all throughout the country. You know, Stephen Youngwood, who's the CEO of Sesame Workshop, um, is one of our advisors and was my boss, my former boss at Nickelodeon. Yvette Butler, who's the president of Silicon Valley Bank, is one of our amazing advisors. Colleen Taylor, who heads up merchant services at American Express. And so, you know, Kevin O'Leary was, you know, essentially coming to the table and saying, I can deliver to you a lot of value that there's no way you can access on your own. And the truth of the matter is we have a wide berth of supporters and a lot of women, in fact, who are big champions of what we're doing at Goal Setter. And we know that we will be successful because we are locked arm in arm with them. And we're going to reach all of those moms and all of those kids who deserve to have this product. And I may, uh, you know, I may have uh, run into a little bit of an obstacle that day on Shark Tank, but you know, that obstacle was not a barrier for me. Obstacles, you figure out how to go over, how to go under and how to get around, um, but they don't have to be barriers for your success. Totally agree. And you know, like you said, you've raised over $2 million, including investments from the likes of Morgan Stanley, uh, JP Morgan Chase, Pipeline Angels, and Backstage Capital. It's safe to say you put together your fair share of pitch decks. Obviously you went in front of the cameras on Shark Tank and were able to pitch there, which is no small feat. So what are the three crucial elements everyone should include in a pitch deck when raising money and why? Yeah. So the first thing that you should include is what is your vision for your product? And that vision should not just be a bunch of product features. It should literally be, where are you going with this product? What's your big idea? And how is that big idea going to change the world? No one wants to invest in a small idea. Everyone wants to invest in a big idea that's going to be, you know, life-changing for people. It's going to be, you know, economy-changing for our country or for a segment of the world. They want to invest big. And so you've got to, you know, really talk about what you're doing is big. 
The second thing is, you know, you want to talk about the progress that you've made to date. And that progress can be in any number of ways, depending on where you are in your journey. The progress can be, hey, you know, we have launched a minimally viable product and we've reached this many customers and here's what they say about us. That progress can be, here's how much revenue we have or here's a partnership we've landed it can be, here's the team we've put together. Um, so it can be any number of things, but you definitely want to talk about your progress to date and have that progress be tangible. The third thing that you want to talk about is you want to talk about yourself. So many people who are investors will tell you that they invest in people, not necessarily you know, the, the product or the market, they invest in people. And so you've got to do a great job of convincing those investors about why you are the person and what it is about your background, your experience, your why for starting the company, your passion, your drive, your grit, your tenacity, what it is about you and your team that's investable. So I think those are the three things I would say. And what advice can you share for entrepreneurs on partnering with the right investors? So obviously you go out, you pitch a million people, but they're kind of pitching you as well. So what were you looking for when you took on the investors that you did? I know that being a woman and a woman of color is always going to be a harder road in America. I mean, and you know, this is not Tanya saying, so the numbers bear it out. Less than 3% of funding goes towards women, less than 1% of funding in this country goes towards black women. And so, you know, it's what the numbers tell us. And so if you look at the numbers and you know that that will be your lived experience, you have to give yourself as much of an advantage as you can. And so for me, my investors have been an extraordinary advantage and my investors have been an extraordinary advantage because they work for my company. They work hard for my company. They make introductions. They give me feedback. They give me support. They give me uplift. They are the most important part of the journey in so many ways, right? When you start off, you have yourself, you know, when you start off with a big idea, you have yourself. And then, you know, you go and find a couple of team members and maybe a couple of advisors. And so your circle grows a little bit larger. And so you have a little bit larger of a circle um, of people supporting you. But then when you add investors, you start to add another concentric circle. And that concentric circle should literally be a part of your extended team, that team that is pulling for you, that team that is pushing you, and that team that is helping you to every milestone you achieve. Absolutely. And I, I totally agree. Like when you're having these conversations with investors, you can have a hands-off investor, a hands-on investor. And obviously with your business, hands-on was super crucial. One thing that I love about your company is that you donate 5% of all your transaction fees to nonprofit organizations aligned with your mission, including Black Lives Matter, Waterkeeper Alliance, and Girls Who Code. So why is giving back such a crucial part of your business model? And how do you balance paying it forward with turning a profit? Look, I think that, you know, service is the rent that we pay for the time we're here on earth. And um, I can't recall who said that, but I believe that to be true fundamentally. I mean, it's, you know, it is my own story. You know, I, my mother died when I was very young at the age of six and my aunt, who was a single mom of one kid adopted me and my five brothers and sisters. So all six of us. So she went from having one kid to seven and she fundamentally took care of kids who weren't her own. And so that's what I believe my DNA is. And that's what I believe a big part of my purpose and my mission and my journey are to take care of kids who aren't my own. And so it would not feel good to me, quite frankly, to start a company that, you know, just made money off of the backs of kids and families and did not, you know, give back meaningfully to other kids who were really in need or, 
that didn't create a product that really helped those kids and families to be successful and have, you know, long-term success, not just, you know, a short-term swipe that made money for my company. And so that's why we just see the world so differently. It's important to me because someone gave up her entire life to make sure that I was okay. And now I feel like it's the mission of me and the company to, you know, make sure that everything we're building is giving back. And how do we balance that? Look, you know, we are in America. There's plenty of money to go around. I mean, there are many of us who, you know, have not been financially impacted by COVID because we kept our jobs. But there are a whole lot of us who were financially impacted by COVID. And so, you know, can those people who didn't experience a financial impact give up just a little bit more to support those people who uh, did experience a financial impact? I think so. And I think the majority of Americans think so too. And so we rely on, you know, people saying, hey, we're going to donate a certain amount to Goal Setter every month in order for Goal Setter to be a sustainable business and for Goal Setter to give back to those people who can't afford to donate a certain amount every month. Um, that's what we rely on, the goodness of Americans. And we believe in the goodness of Americans. And, and that's why our company is, is thriving. So let's talk a little bit about COVID, because as you mentioned, some people were impacted, some people weren't, but the majority of Americans were. So money anxiety is at an all-time high. According to a recent survey, 51% of Americans feel at least somewhat anxious about their financial situation. So how, if at all, did COVID impact your business and financials? And have you seen any increase in signups during this period of economic uncertainty? So I think the thing that COVID taught all of us is that financial uncertainty can happen to any of us at any time. And, you know, there are major events in the course of our nation's history that have taught us those lessons as well, right? The, the Great Depression, the Great Recession, 9-11, and now COVID. And so when we experience those things as a country, we are forever changed. And the way that we think about money is forever changed. The way that we raise our kids is forever changed. The way that we spend money is forever changed. One of the things that you know we are grateful for in this space, because I do happen to be a person who believes that the glass is half full, even in the darkest of times, there is some kind of you know, bright light that can be found. And I believe that it has woken Americans up to say, I got to talk to my kid more about money. I got to help my kid to learn how to save. I have to help my kid to understand money and understand how to be financially responsible. Because, you know, if I was caught unawares um, during this financial crisis, I don't want the same thing happening to my kid, right? It was the same thing that I experienced when I lost that million dollars. I couldn't do anything about it for myself but I could do something to change that for my kid. So we have seen an increase in signups during COVID. We've seen an increase in the amount people are saving during COVID. And we've seen an increase in interest in people learning about financial literacy and financial education and not just teaching their kids, here's a debit card, go spend money, but actually activating our rules around learn before you burn so that their kids are tied to understanding financial concepts before they're swiping that debit card. We've seen an increase in all of those. And it's been an extraordinary thing to witness the turning of America, right? We hope that 40 years from now, when the kids we're touching today are grown, that they don't mimic what American society looks like now in terms of our spending and saving habits. 40% of Americans can't access $400 in the case of an emergency. And some of that is because we are just structurally need to help make sure that 
every group is, is paid the same and has the same wages. I mean, some of that is certainly because of the amount that people are bringing home, but some of it is because we're not teaching financial literacy and education in schools writ large, and we need to do a better job of that. And so, you know, we think we have an opportunity to truly change how this next generation of Americans looks and how they save and how they invest and how they understand financial language. And I think that's coming out of crisis. And that's, you know, that rose that's blooming from the rubble, if you will. I agree. I I think now more than ever, finances are top of mind. And, you know, we were kind of cruising for a little bit in terms of, you know, not really having to pay so much attention to, to your point, the stock market, portfolios, real estate, and all of a sudden everything kind of took you know, a little bit of a turn, but to your point, it is a good lesson in a lot of different ways. So let's talk about calculated risks. So entrepreneurship is all about taking calculated risks. So what's been the most pivotal risk you've taken and how has it changed your path? Yeah. You know, um, I think the most pronounced risk that I've taken, you know, in my life, quite frankly, has been to become an entrepreneur. You know, that, that wasn't a part of my path. It wasn't a part of my journey. It wasn't a part of what I wanted to do. I didn't sit in my, you know, office at Nickelodeon or at Discovery Education and say, Hey, I'm really hankering to be an entrepreneur. Um, the reason I became an entrepreneur is because I felt like I had a unique perspective to bring to the space and could uniquely lead a mission to change kids' lives. So, you know, I put my own personal finances, quite frankly, at jeopardy and on hold in order to take this big risk of becoming an entrepreneur. And I have to tell you, you know, I think that it has made me really appreciate what every family in America goes through because, you know, I walked away from a job as an executive where I was, you know, financially insulated. And I walked into a space where I am not financially insulated, right? I, you know, have not collected a salary in several years as an entrepreneur. I absolutely, the day I became an entrepreneur, I cut off my cable. I cut off any any extra unnecessary expenses. I definitely, like, I can't even remember the last time I went shopping for clothes or for, for anything like that. I just don't do it anymore. And so it really has made me practice what I preach. And it makes me really empathetic to Americans who are, you know, bringing home less money than um, is required to really meet all of their daily responsibilities. And so, so I know how important it is to teach our kids to save, to try to save ourselves, to, to really, you know, create financially healthy kids and families, because, you know, a lot of um, families are living check to check. And so having even an emergency fund saved is a really important step for them. And it's made me feel that and live that and see that. And I, I appreciate that and value that about this part of my journey. Yeah. I mean, being an entrepreneur is a calculated risk. I mean, truly leaving your cushy executive job, also a risk. Um, (laughs) And then, yeah, I mean, being an entrepreneur, definitely for the first, you know, three, five, whatever it is years, it's, you know, you put yourself last, but we also need to get a liquidity plan in place for you. (laughs) You deserve it. (laughs) But let's talk about what keeps you motivated and inspired. So to your point, being an entrepreneur, very challenging, obviously. So um, what do you do when, when things don't go your way when things don't work out? You know, how do you get over failure or mistakes? Look, I got to tell you, you know, (laughs) when I talk about the fact that, you know, my aunt raised six kids who were not her own, I look to her for 
inspiration, right? I mean, she is the epitome of grit and determination and willfulness. And where there is not a way, I will make a way. And that's what I've been raised with. And so, you know, I look to her for a reminder of those values that she raised me with and she keeps me going. That's the first thing. The second thing that I will say is we are changing lives. I got a note from a customer today that said, my kid just got their cashola card and already he started saving more money. And um, we're having a great experience. Thank you for launching this product. I got a note from another customer that said, my kids, um, she has two kids who are visually impaired. They are, they are blind for all intents and purposes. And so she said, I, my kids are taking your financial literacy quizzes and they love them. They're so fun and engaging. And I feel like my kids are not going to be able to be taken advantage of when they get older. Thank you for making those financial literacy quizzes have voiceover so they can take them without reading them. I mean, like I got that note. An ABC News producer called me after talking to one of our customers. She's a 12-year-old girl here in Brooklyn. Her name is Today. And the ABC News producer said, Today, what do you love most about Goal Setter? And Today didn't mention her cashola card, debit card that she has. She didn't talk about that. She didn't talk about the money that she saved in her savings account or her allowance. She didn't talk about those. She said... The thing I love most about Goal Setter is that it teaches me things about money that I never knew I should know. I thought money was all about saving some and spending some, but now I know it's, know it's about frugality and compound interest and the rule of 72. And that's what I love most about Goal Setter. These are the lives we're changing every day. And so that's what keeps me motivated because I know that we are bringing something unique to this market and unique to this space that no one else will bring because no one else, you know, has the background from Nickelodeon that I have. No one else has the the same perspective that I have. And so it's important for me to be here. It's important for me to sit in this chair, important for me to stand in these shoes um, because I'm bringing something to kids and families that they need and that they want and that is changing their lives. So that's, that's what keeps me motivated. So when you look back to, let's just say the day after you lose that million dollars, what advice would you give yourself? Wow. You know, I would give myself the advice of (laughs) no one event defines your life and your life's happiness or your life's struggles. In fact, you know, our lives are a tapestry of events and each of those events happens to lead you to exactly where you are meant to be. And I didn't know where that was today, but you know, if I had known then, if, if a day after I had lost that million dollars, someone came and whispered in my ear and said, you will change a million kids' lives in exchange for that million dollars, just wait. I would not have shed a single tear. I wouldn't have been sad. I wouldn't have um, thought about that million dollars one more time. That would have been enough for me. You'll change a million kids' lives in exchange for that million dollars. That would have been enough. You're so inspiring. I love it. Such great advice. Okay, we're going to wrap with some sentence finishers. Are you ready? Yes. The number one money book or podcast I always recommend is? Well, you know, I'm going to have to twist that a little bit to the number one money resource. And I'm going to say Tiffany, the budget Nista Aliche and her dream catchers group. I have met so many women whose lives have been changed by the budget Nista. So that's what I always recommend. Tiffany is my go-to. I love that. Um, The best financial advice I ever received was? The best financial advice 
I ever received was, if you teach your kids not to want a lot, they will always have enough money to satisfy their wants when they get older. COVID-19 has taught me. COVID-19 has taught me to appreciate lunchtime with my son, even if it's for only 15 minutes. And to be successful, you need to be resilient. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Resiliency is the number one. It's so, so true. Well, thank you so much, Tanya. Can you tell everyone where we can learn more about Goal Setter? Absolutely. Go check out Goal Setter, G-O-A-L-S-E-T-T-E-R.co. You can also find us on any social channels as Goal Setter Co. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Yes. Thank you for having me. I love being here with you today. (laughs) Yay. Amazing. Congratulations on everything you're doing. It's so awesome. Thank you. (laughs) For more inspiring conversations like this one, subscribe to Work Party on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.